session 87 of the law of one let's talk here about the negative polarity let's begin all right we got the session 87 and this is probably going to be a three-part session because of how long it is we have about 27 28 questions to cover and the beginning of this session is going to be dedicated probably uh, half of this session is all about negative entities perhaps even more i don't remember uh, but we're definitely going to cover a lot about negative entities and of course negative polarity and this is a topic that is interesting, especially for um, those on the positive path who can uh, understand a lot more themselves via um, describing that which is not, that which is the ego, that which is the separate self. And so I find that, that it's, a, it's a helpful conversation. So we have a couple of golden nuggets to discuss here. And I don't have any particular introduction to make. No refreshers, nothing. Uh, of course, we're gonna go through some personal questions, contact, maintenance, and so on at the beginning. So let's get those out of the way and start talking about negative entities and negative polarity. Let's get very negative here. <laughs> um, first question is as usual, Don says, first, please give me the condition of the instrument. And Ra says, the distortions of the physical complex are unchanged. The vital energy levels are greatly enhanced. So in essence, the physical complex remains the same and uh, her vital energy levels are improving a lot. This is due to um, a lot of what they, they have been doing and um, uh, making Carla a lot more viable for the contact in terms of just the activities that she performed and so on. So that's it. I don't want to spend much time here. Next question. Don says, thank you. In considering what was mentioned in the last session about the sensor, I have thought about the fact that the position of the origin of the smoke changes approximately six inches horizontally. Would it be better to have a sensor in a single horizontal smoking position? Ross says this alteration would be a helpful one, one given that uh, a helpful one, given that the sensor is virgin. It always catches me that Ron uses that old archaic and helpful one instead of a helpful one. Um, all right, so this is conversation about, we'll, we'll keep talking about this because the questions are related to it. Um, but these are simple questions about the, the position of the, the sensor, the Bible, and the chalice, uh, was it? And these, these were suggested. I didn't read this question in the end of last session because it's all about maintenance, uh, but they would sometimes make some suggestions as to 
how to put the, the appurtenances as they call them. Now, a little bit of lore here, or trivia, you might say. Uh, Ra sometimes would suggest that you, that they would guard the alignments of the, the appurtenances. And they uh, concluded after a while, I don't know how long it took them, probably after the contact, that what Ra was referring to was to align the questions, not really the physical things, because they didn't have such an impact. But I, I think here they might be referring, or in the last session they were referring to fixing a little bit the sensor because there was incense burning and maybe the smoke, the way the smoke was flowing was affecting Carla's body or the energy field or something, I'm not sure. But this might not be the type of alignment that Ra was talking about usually when they suggested um, to, to align the, the appurtenances and so on, or to guard carefully the alignments. But that's just my speculation. Okay. Question three, Don says, what would be the optimum geometric, geometrical arrangement of sensor, chalice, and candle with respect to Bible and table and the positions we now have them in? Ross says, both chalice and candle occupy the optimal configuration with respect to the book, most closely aligned with the law of one in the distortion complexes of this instrument. It is optimal to have the sensor to the rear of this book and centered at the spine of its configuration. So, okay. So this is, um, when they talk about the Bible, they refer to it as the book most closely aligned with the law of one in terms of Carla. So, um, it this may be read as <laughs> the Bible is the, the text most closely aligned with the law of one. That's not so. Uh, no text actually is. In my opinion, I think all texts are just texts. They have nothing to do with the law of one including the raw material. <gasps> Surprise, Gabe said this. Yeah, I mean, it's all text. You can, anybody can read this and say, I have no idea what this is saying. But if you're seeking, then you will find even in Alice of Wonderland, right? Or whatever other book you read, you're gonna find the law of one because the law of one is everything. That's what I meant. But in any case, I'm just making this, um, I'm clarifying this because it may sound like the Bible is the most closely aligned with the law of one, but they say in the distortion complexes of this instrument. So in her preferences, she found the law of one more closely aligned with this. And if I remember correctly, this is the New Testament. So it's all about Jesus, where we have the benevolent God, not the, uh, the negative one that is on and off in the Old Testament. So, okay, it's all about configurations and things like that. So, Don says, would a position directly between the chalice and the candle be optimum then for the sensor? And Ron says, this is not an exact measurement. Since both chalice and candle are irregularly shaped, 
However, speaking roughly, this is correct. This little camera. Okay, so again, this is all just measurements and how to place. I'm just gonna keep going. This doesn't make any anything anything useful for us. Um, then Don is asking now. Here's where we begin the conversation. Don says, "Thank you. What is the present situation with respect to our fifth density negative companion?" Ra says, this entity has withdrawn for a period of restoration of its polarity. So here we're going to enter the dynamic of negative influences and how these influences, which we call uh, entities, and um, in a way they, they are these strong influences that we call, um, yeah, uh, we call them demons or uh, depending on the mythology that we use we're gonna call them something but they are as real as anything else meaning that they are a thought complex that has been reinforced over and over and stronger and stronger over time and so it has this this pull on the mind and um, the way Ra describes this dynamic is that as it approaches the, um, the capacity to influence the entity, in this case, this group, then it, it wants to gain polarity. It wants to, um, it wa it wants to reinforce itself. And this is done through the process that we're going to talk about here, which is the whole system of the negative um, social memory complex and manipulation, temptations, and so on. But that's the point. The negative entity wants to increase its polarity by ways of deviating, manipulating, and controlling others, or so-called others, the creation in general. And so when it doesn't find this, it loses polarity. So that's why Ra is saying that it's, um, it has left for a period of restoration of its polarity because it's not finding anything there. And so it's losing polarity. So it needs to go and gain more polarity. It's a beautiful dynamic of how the universe works. But all right, let's get into more deep questions here. Question six, Don says, would you expand upon the concept of the acquisition of polarity by this particular entity and its use, specifically of this polarity other than with the simple, obvious need for six density harvest? If this is possible, please. Ra explains, we would, meaning that they will give uh, an expansion on this, and say the nature of the densities above your own is that a purpose may be said to be shared by both positive and negative polarities. This purpose is the acquisition of the ability to welcome more and more the less and less distorted love light and light love of the one infinite creator. So I wanna give a little bit of a visualization. The universe can be can be seen as just one mind, and this is why I I often say that entities do.
do not exist per se as independent agents of reality. That's just an illusion. Just like you might delude yourself to think that there is an independent thought from yourself. And indeed, we can actually do this. We, we have the capacity, the imagination to do this and say, well, uh, my thoughts are independent from me. This is not true, obviously. All thoughts arise and subside in the mind. And so all entities arise and subside within the cosmic mind. Yes. So if you see this, and you will see dynamics within the cosmic mind play between positive and negative, just like you see in your mind, there is a dichotomy and there is cognitive dissonance, uh, all play in this, um, this game of positive and negative, of yes and no, and polarity, basically. So that's the, the premise of reality. The whole creation is based on ones and zeros. And it's a binary system, of course. This is why the theory of um, simulated reality, uh, this all being a simulation, gains a lot of weight because yes, we can measure everything in terms of is it there or is it not? <laughs> we have space and we have objects. We have energy and we have uh, a vacuum. So we can play this, that's, that's the playground. So when we talk about positive negatives in terms of metaphysical uh, pull in consciousness, then we see what the influences are to believe or to know. Because the negative path is one of belief, the positive one is one of knowing. And if you get this, then you start seeing the whole point of reality and what the positive and negatives are. So Ra is describing the nature of the densities above third density, of course. And they say that the purpose um, is, is shared by both positive and negative, And that is to allow the most amount of light, right? Love, light, light, love, to make this a bit more uh, viable to to our visualization or to our practical means I see love light and light love as that that energy or information that moves through the mind which is intelligent energy and so the acquisition and ability to welcome more and I would add here that to use as well that is the purpose. That is the purpose of, of positive and negatives. Now, of course, the negatives use it for control, domination, and manipulation, and so on. Whereas the positive one uses it for inspiration and joy, and uh, just you know, happy that we're alive. No fear, none of that. And that's the point. It's to use that intelligent energy that flows through the the mind for those purposes. Okay. Let's read what else does Ra say. They say, upon the negative path, the wisdom density is one in which power over others has been refined until it is approaching absolute power. Any force such as the force your group and those of Ra offer, which cannot be controlled by the power of such a negative fifth density, mind-body-spirit complex, then depolarizes the entity which has not controlled other selves. 
So uh, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm going to speculate something totally off, so just uh, off the record. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was interesting that Ra says the negative fifth density mind-body-spirit complex. Um, why is it a complex still after third density? Uh, I can only speculate that that's because, and I may be off, the, the, I think they might refer to the positive ones as well as mind-body-spirit complex. So this whole uh, minute may be deleted from your mind. <laughs> but I just think that it might be because they maintain a sort of veil, uh, a separation still between uh, conscious mind and and, um, and the unconscious mind matrix and potentiator but never mind that okay so Ra is saying that the negative path um, is one that has been refined its power to the maximum degree meaning that it needs to have full control to feel that it's doing something Right, and this is through the manipulation of others. So it gets. I mean, we have we have a very uh, blatant example here in humanity um, with these systems of control, which is ha what has been created. We have a very negative-oriented system. That's why we call it the matrix. And so we have these depictions of reality being controlled by negative beings and so on. This is quite true because the reigning uh, and dominant philosophy of life here has been uh, be competitive, uh, control and manipulate all the variables to your benefit and so on. So it's a very negative oriented society. We know that or system, I wouldn't call it a society. The society is made out of people and people are not naturally negative. Uh, there are many, but among the vast majority of us, there are very few. And this is something that I see from my own experience. I have only met a certain amount of people in my life and I don't think I've ever met a truly negative one. Confused? Yes, many, many people confused. People that I even call psychopaths. In the past, I just see that they are uh, very confused because I see there, uh, there, is still, there are still some glimpses, many glimpses of of love and trying to be of help. Uh, but yeah, there are, are others who are very negative and so that's what they, they want. Just like Ross says here, they want absolute power. So I don't think we actually meet these people anymore. They're not really out there in the public eye. They, they remain controlling those who seem to be the most negative ones. So if you think this is you know control and power, uh, it might not be so. Okay, any force such as the force your group and those of Ra offer really can be controlled by the negative entity and so it depolarizes it because it can control other selves. This makes sense. Uh, that which is the... First of all, Ra's <laughs> social memory complex cannot be controlled by a fifth density negative. And so this group, which is really who takes the merit, being Carla, Don, and Jim, they are the ones who maintain, you know, they, they stood up to the task and they weren't influenced by it. So um, we know this from the previous sessions and all the things that Ra suggested over and over again, just maintain this harmony, 
This harmony is what's maintaining the contact. Everything else is just ancillary. It's not really uh, crucial. It's just the love and harmony that they had. Once that was broken, then the contact started to deteriorate, as we know. Okay. Ra finishes and says, It is not within your conscious selves to stand against such refined power, but rather it has been through the harmony, the mutual love, and the honest calling for aid from the forces of light which have given you the shield and buckler. So <laughs> I swear that I didn't know this was the last paragraph and that's what I just talked about. So uh, I think there is a lesson here for us to recapitulate because we know it. We just, you know, sometimes we just, not that we forget it, but we cover it with other types of interest and attention. Um, Yeah, there's uh, there's something to be said here, especially for those seekers, those intrepid seekers who um, want to enter the realms of interdimensional beings and um, positive and negatives and angels and demons and so on. I think a lot of people who enter this are trying to play with fire. And please, I am the least, I have the least amount of interest in creating some sort of um, warning or cautiousness. I'm just talking from my experience of what I see and what seems logical to me, especially based on what Ross says here. Uh, Ross says, it is not within your conscious selves to stand against such refined power, to basically uh, stand against the the influences, the deep influences of the negative uh, of, and even the positive ones, try to understand positive messages. It is not within our conscious attention. We are not, this experience is not, that's why Ra says, this is not the density of understanding. You're not here to understand, you're here to be. And it is almost like uh, the bark of a tree is not there to provide anything. It's just there to to provide the external uh, surface of the tree. All the intricate parts of the tree are inside and needs not to worry about uh, funneling water up and uh, trying to get the minerals necessary and to do um, you know photosynthesis and so on. All of this is not within the bark of the tree. It's the outside of the tree. So. Um, when we go deep inside, we see all these workings and we see everything that is. And so we have two things only to do. There's a choice to be made. You either want to control all of this that's happening, uh, that which is my mind. I want to control my mind. That's the negative side. And then there is the positive one which says, I am not here. I'm just perceiving all of this. This is just what is. And, you know, I have no way to judge myself good or bad. This is the non-dual perspective of reality. And, you know, this, um, this is acceptance. This is love and understanding in the sense of uh, understanding other beings or accepting other beings. I use both interchangeably, understanding and accepting. In this context, at least. So, yeah. It is not for us, for our conscious 
selves, our conscious minds, to be dealing with this power. And so I see that some people get into these um, into these realms and you see, I'm only speaking strictly from the point of view of awakening and living from that awakening. That I can say uh, with almost total conviction that if you're in this path of self-awareness and living from there these are distractions these will take you off on a tangent because positive or negatives they're there to create a sort of influence in you for you to be but not to become such a, so involved and this is why you see the uh, in metaphysics you see that the positive ones are always saying stop you know looking go inside these are all the good channelings or I mean I say good not in the way of positive or negative but quality channels um, that are trying to the information is there for you to not get attached to the information and just to go keep going keep going you have a long a long way to go which is the stillness of you know who you are that's what they they will the most positive channels are going to tell you that stop getting distracted with all of this go straight into your being that's what Ross said know yourself you are the creator uh, to know the creator and to be the creator is to be all that there is and so on whereas the negative ones the negative influences will try to persuade you to obviously you know not only go into the philosophy of the negative but also to um, to create names and to worship them and all of this and this is where you see these positive entities disguise or negative entities disguised as positive ones and uh, the, the whole shenanigans right and so either way <laughs> the teaching is the same don't get distracted if you're meditating you see you know great things happening yeah okay let it be don't attach to them that's the thing don't attach to anything you're here to become nothing to become no one and by becoming no one is where you become everything otherwise you're still stuck in identity and individuality and me and so on okay so Ra emphasizes that and says, you know, it's, um, it's through the, the harmony, the mutual love and the honest calling for aid from the forces of light, which have given you the shield and buckler to withstand this constant uh, influence or attack on, on them. Makes a lot of sense to me. So, all right, let's move on. Question seven, Don says, what is the environmental situation of this particular fifth density negative entity and how does he work with four density negative in order to establish power and control? And what is his particular philosophy with respect to himself as creator and his use for the first distortion and the extension of this use of the first distortion to the four density negative? I hope that this isn't too complex a question. Uh, it seems like it's all, yeah, complex and convoluted but let's see what Ross says and I'll explain it um, okay well apparently I have to explain it first according to my um, autonomic system <laughs> all right so 
Don wants to know a couple of things. The environmental situation. Where does he live? How does it look? Um, and how does he work with four density negative in order to establish power and control? Okay, so he wants to get a visual of his, uh, its main quarters, right? And headquarters, I should say. And what is his particular philosophy with respect to himself? Um, as creator, that's another thing. If he knows that he is the creator, and how does it, how does he use that knowledge? And his use of the first distortion, which is the law of free will, and the extension of this use of the first distortion, free will, to the fourth density negative, which is its its own uh, lackeys or uh, companions, or not companions actually, um, minions is the word. So Don wants to know a lot. What does Ross say? They say, the environment of your companion is that of the rock, the cave, the place of barrenness, for this is the density of wisdom. That which is needed may be thought and received. To this entity, very little is necessary upon the physical, if you will, or is based on complex of distortions. So these are sort of metaphors to the environment of negative entities, at least their companion, fifth density negative, because we're talking about rock and cave and the place of barrenness. Uh, it's a metaphor. We're not going to find them in caves, of course. It's just that they are isolated, basically. And Ra has talked about this, especially sixth density. Once they graduate to sixth density, they become almost totally isolated. They don't want to deal with anybody. They just want their control and their little illusion that you know this is this is what i am i am god almighty until they eventually realize if i'm god almighty then i'm everything and if i'm everything then i'm not separate <laughs> oh what a fool was i um so yeah that which is needed may be thought and received um so this is i guess the uh, the conditions of space-time. Let's get a little metaphysical here. Every existence must have existence in both physical and metaphysical, space-time and time-space. So the existence in space-time is uh, subtler and subtler over time because they do manifest. And I think this is where we find that dark energy and matter that exists in the universe where it's unaccountable, we can't measure it, it's there. We know it's there, it causes an it's causing an influence, but it's not here. I'm not saying that these are the densities, these are proofs of the densities, but there's something to it. And I mean, they make up more than 96% of the universe. And think about that. 96 or more of the universe is made out of this dark energy and matter. So there's a lot to be uh, to be said there. In any case, um, that's where they reside. That's the space-time uh, somewhere. It has to correlate with our space-time, right? In some way or another. And to me, it's just uh, it's interesting that we cannot see it. We cannot see dark matter or energy, and we, you know, we can only measure its influence on the expansion of the universe or the the existence of the universe. For us to have a universe, we need to have this energy and this matter. 
which is not really visible to us. I think energy, dark energy, is way bigger than than dark matter. I may be wrong there, but that makes a lot of sense. This energy may correspond to time space, which is the vast majority, and space time may be dark matter as we know it. Uh, don't ask me the distinction between the two. I don't know. These are scientists that are um, way beyond my understanding, but just a speculation there. Okay. Uh, to this entity, very little is necessary upon the physical or space-time complex of distortion because most of their work and life is all in time spaces, like um, the one who has dedicated itself to just living yogis who are always in time space. Uh, this is why I kind of laugh, not in a mockery way, but I kind of laugh at the people who say, Oh, they're useless. You know, that's they, they are lost and so on. This is a sort of judgment to yogis and people who have decided to live and not live in space time, basically. Live more most of their lives in meditation. Why? Why is that a problem? Why do people have to judge this? I don't know. Maybe because they have ideals. They have ideals as to how life should be. And uh, you shouldn't be sitting there all day. You should be doing something. I don't know. You're not contributing to reality. If that is what it is, then so be it. You know, so, all right. So that's the premise of the negative entity living in fifth density. Let's see what else is Ross said. They continue and say, such an entity spends its consciousness within the realms of time space, as I said, in an attempt to learn the ways of wisdom through the utmost use of the powers and resources of the self. Since the self is the creator, the wisdom density provides many informative and fascinating experiences for the negatively polarized entity. In some respects, one may see a more lucid early attachment to wisdom from those of negative polarity as the nexus of positions of consciousness upon which wisdom is laid is simpler. Ah, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say there? Oh my God. Okay, let's go little by little because this is this is heavy, at least for me it is. Okay, so Ross says, such an entity spends its consciousness within the realms of time-space, that's what I was talking about. It's, um, its physical existence is only there to, um, I think the dynamic, uh, for what I understand in the philosophy of the confederation within space-time and time-space, there's always space-time and time-space in the creation. There is no such thing as just time-space. Uh, there is something that the Confederation calls, and I made a video about this in Spanish. Oh, I know that I've made it in Spanish, not in English, but I talked about these. These are all the densities, and there is space-time and time-space. In the Confederation, in uh, subsequent... Uh, this was cool after the raw contact. They explained the structure of this, and they call also pure time-space, which is a clumsy way to talk about pure consciousness, in my opinion, at least in my model. Uh, but it is a, a valuable way to perceive the structure of reality, where, is, where this pure time-space is where the creator resides, basically. The one who is creating both space-time and time-space. This is you, the self. Um, and we, we've had many, um, 
it's interesting how all our traditions have, at least the ones that have created mythology around it, have made this sort of distinction, right? Uh, the Gnostics have their own um, explanation of this. Uh, I forget the name that they use. Um, we have uh, the the Hindus have talked about this with Brahman being the absolute, and then um, I forget if it's um, it's not Krishna. My God, I forgot. Uh, but there is there is a, a deity who is the uh, I'll, I'll remember and I'll say it <laughs> who is the the personification of Brahman, right? Uh, maybe one of you can help me out. Come on, help a brother out. Type it in the comments, please. Um, yeah, so that is uh, where was I? Uh, okay, so they spend most of their time in time space because it's a sort of yeah, meditation. <sighs> yes. So in the Confederation philosophy, they also say that the time spent in the higher densities is mostly what we call meditation. It's a constant meditation. And there's very little movement in terms of physicality. They, they gave us a hint about this when Ra talked about, or Don asked a question about traveling to other galaxies and so on. And Ra said, in essence, uh, we just prefer to be to project our consciousness there <laughs> as opposed to physically travel there. Uh, it's a lot more efficient and we enjoy it a lot more just to feel the love of. So in essence, all the other densities can be seen as deeper experiences within the self, the, the, the cosmic mind as a sort of manifest itself which needs to be in space-time and time-space. I'm making this uh, a whole class in, in metaphysical structure based on the law of one, <laughs> which is not really the intention, but I hope it's making sense. Just see, I want you to see the whole creation as me being made uh, of densities, and these densities are sort of, you know, levels of experience. And within these levels of experience, of course, we can have infinite experiences within them. Just like we can have ex an infinite amount of experiences here in third density as humans, potentially. So, so it is for the other densities. Uh, and that is just the way of the cycle of the creation. All of it exists in potential and different uh, bodies and experiences in them and so on. But we're concerned with human form for now. That's why I don't like to go too deep into the structure of the creation and metaphysics because we can get awed by all of this. And as I mentioned before, we can get distracted with all of this. And I want to experience fifth density right now. Why am I in this human body? That kind of thing. I like to avoid that. Okay. My tea is almost done, but I am not even uh, two thirds over with this. Okay. Then they say, since the self is the creator, is a very important uh, part, because they say, since the self is the creator, they're talking about the negative entity, the wisdom density provides many informative and fascinating experiences for the negatively polarized entity. Now, like I said, uh, if you look at your mind, your conscious mind right now, and its structure, you go to the subconscious and the unconscious mind. I'm not asking you to do it, but to be aware that this exists. Uh, 
then you can see that the complexity of your own mind is quite rich and fascinating. But we don't have access to it, right? Our conscious mind is veiled and we don't have access to it. So we can have this experience of uh, human form, which we should learn to cherish. And that's my whole um, idea with everything that I say and do. You need to cherish this experience. It's like no other. I don't think any other experience is as intense as this one. And Ra has emphasized this when they say, Catalyst is a hundred times more intense here. We want Catalyst. Catalyst is growth. And growth allows a more dense experience for the whole self. So yeah. In any case, if you see your mind being like this, then you know that there are deeper portions that could be explored and experienced, but not in the human form, right? Uh, we're limited. And so you would have to spend a lot of time in meditation to just get glimpses of it. But why do that, right? Let's ex enjoy human form. And then when we die, we see where, you know, where, where it goes. You know, we don't know where it goes. We're not in control. We just see what's happening, you know, and depending on how much we use catalyst here, then experience may be richer and greater in other densities. So why so fascinated with other, and with other densities? Enjoy this one. This is where you're at. Um, so, okay. The uh, fifth density um, provides this, um, they say, many informative and fascinating experiences. Uh, I would say to the positive ones, of course, as well, but they're talking about the negative, the polarized here entity. So they say that in some respects, oh, this is another part that is different, but yeah, just get that. You know, for any fifth density entity, positive or negative, there is this richness in experience, informative because it's the density of wisdom. And so Ross says, in some respects, one may see a more lucid early attachment to wisdom from those of negative polarity. Um, so here they seem to be talking about the, the not the structure, but the, uh, the process in which a negative entity becomes aware of wisdom, okay? This is this is rather confusing, not confusing, but it's uh, the verbiage here is uh, it's intricate because they say in some respects one may see a more lucid early attachment to wisdom from those of the negative polarity. Let's pause it there. Um, this early attachment to wisdom is the bypass that they do with the hearts. You see, there is an attachment there to wisdom. And that attachment says, uh, screw the heart, we don't care about it. We're only here for, oh, there is wisdom here. There is information that could be useful. Love, that's not useful. It doesn't help me control others. <laughs> Remember, the negative entity is first born within the lower energy centers, which have nothing to do with the heart. And so when this illusion is created, and um, I would say there is a point in which this illusion becomes so real that they move into the wisdom. And I mean, they discern love as being uh, silly or uh, useless. And so they see wisdom as being powerful and strong. So that is what Ra says, their early, lucid early attachment to wisdom. And they explain that the nexus of position of consciousness, basically how the, the conscious attention of the negative entity uh, on wisdom that foundation 
is um, is simple, is not complex. It's only about, and the way I see it is that as they approach wisdom, they're approaching it from the point of the need for control and manipulation and benefit for themselves. So when you approach reality this way, let's talk about humans in general now here. You know, the human is the one who creates the or third density experience as a human. Um, there are other third density experiences, not humans that of course create this, but you follow me. So these, um, these humans, that's how they create the negative entity, right? They separate themselves from reality. When they do that, they know that for them to survive, they need to control and manipulate and you know, follow the path of the, the left-hand side. When they do that, they do it through wisdom. So they use wisdom. This actually, to me, clarifies one of the questions that we have within the material, which is, well, it doesn't clarify, but uh, there is a there is a question to see if uh, the negative entities use wisdom. I believe they do. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's what they do, and this can all be summarized to say that it's a very simple foundation the use for wisdom in the negative entity because they're using it for control and manipulation. Whereas wisdom in the positive side is a function of love. In other words, the positive side, uh, the positive side creates love first and then wisdom shines as love. So it's a constant um, refinement of wisdom, let's call it that. It's a constant refinement based on the amount of love that can be used or can be, uh, it's not used because you're not using it, can be allowed, can be, um, um, what's the word? In implemented, uh, yeah, allowed is the best word that I can use right now. So that is, that's the, the dynamic of the, the negative entity using wisdom okay my tea is done now I can move on guess what what another part of this question or answer so all right this is the final part what Ross says the relationship of such an entity to four density negative entities is one of the more powerful and the less powerful the negative path posits slavery of the less powerful as a means of learning the desire the desire to serve the self to the extent that the will is brought to bear it is in this way that polarity is increased in the negative sense. Thus, four-density entities are willing slaves of such a fifth-density entity, there being no doubt whatsoever of the relative power of each other. So this is a cute description of what we see in, um, in our societal structures now. I talked about this, and we can see it politically, militarily, um, is that even a word? Um, and um, religiously, of course. All of these are power structures. And Ra will talk about this. Maybe we will get to that. And if not, um, yeah, I think the next question will cover that part. But yeah, so Ra is describing here the, the structure of four density negatives. I correct myself. 
of negative entities or the negative structure, let's call it that. The relationship of such an entity, fifth density to fourth density entities is uh, of the more powerful and the less powerful. So I am more powerful and you are less. You see the difference here? Ra has never said, uh, we know more than you, we have this knowledge and we're more powerful than you or any, any other positive entity. That's how you discern them because they're, they're basically telling you, uh, I am you, <laughs> you are, you're the same as I am. You know, we're both equal, no matter what kind of verbiage or knowledge we have. You see, and this is the kind of attitude that is developed when, when you see yourself truly for who you are and you see, oh yeah, you know, whatever is happening at the level of mind, it's a game. It's not really true. Meaning that it doesn't have an existence on its own. It doesn't have any quality that is higher or lower. It's just a game. Much like anything that you see on the screen, it's a game of colors, pixels, shining and moving. Well, they're not moving, they're changing colors. And that's it. We, we cannot say that, you know, um, one image is, is better than the other. They're not. They're all, you know, uh, colors. <laughs> Simple as that. Three colors. Uh, vibrating and modulating themselves to create the illusion of something that's the mind so if you know yourself deeply you know that oh okay you know essentially everything is just me <laughs> when you get in touch with that you know you're not involved in the uh, labeling and qualification and uh, descriptions of each and one of us and so on that is true power to know that what you are is everything or everything is you or the unis that you are is the basis of everything. So why worry about the things that are happening? But all right, um, what do they do? The negative path posits slavery. We kind of know this, the less powerful are enslaved and this is uh, a way, okay, so this is, this is a question that I actually talked to with Gary. So I don't think you're listening to this Gary, Gary Bean from LNL Research. I didn't understand this. What, what do they mean by the extent that the will is brought to bear? And he explained it to me. In essence, this part of the paragraph, they're talking about how the negative path wants to manipulate others to activate the will in themselves to seek the negative path. See, that's the kind of control. That's how they, they get the most polarity, negative polarity. You can see this in structures. If I can convince you to work for me uh, in my pyramid scheme, then I become more powerful. You know, I'm manipulating you. And so I'm telling you in my pyramid scheme or cult that, you know, the more you do this, the more you're going to advance. And you can do this by manipulating others. So I'm teaching you the ways of manipulation. And so you grow, I grow, and the other ones are manipulated. But you see, you can help them also to become more powerful because you teach them how to manipulate others and so the structure grows. That is exactly what happens metaphysically in the realm of the influences of the negative. It is in this way that polarity is increased in the negative sense, Ra says. Thus, fourth density entities are willing slaves of such a fifth density entity. Huh? Willing slaves. See, that's quite different to be a victim. 
oh, I'm a victim of all the negative in the world and all the things that are happening. You are swimming in the sinkhole of indifference if you're thinking that way, my friend. And you must be shaken out of that confusion. You're not a victim. You are uh, unconsciously, I, I will say that unconsciously, uh, believing that of yourself. So wake up. And so for, for the negative ones to be polarized, you need to be willing to do it. So that's why in the negative side, that's, that's what they want. They want to manipulate you to the point in which you say, yes, this pyramid scheme is the game to play. Um, I have been exposed to some of these, uh, not by direct approach, but by other people that have told me how they have approached them to become part of this pyramid schemes that are all over the place. It's just, it's just another uh, mini game in this macro uh, play of the world so the four density entities are willing slaves and there being no doubt whatsoever of the relative power of each again in a pyramid scheme you know the guy who has and this is how they do it too you know they have uh, big rings and you know jewelry and they have cars and suits and all of this and they're saying this is what you will get you know if you continue on this path go sell this go sell our uh, bogus um, product it's just how it works but okay let's move to the next question probably cover one or two more Don says a reflection of this could be seen in our density in many of those leaders that instigate war and have followers who support in total conviction that direction of conquest is correct is this correct Ross says, any organization which demands obedience without question upon the basis of relative power is functioning according to the above described plan. I want to give a little bit of a personal anecdote here or just a confession of myself. I used to be, um, what would be the word? I used to despise the military organization. And in my, um, in my ignorance, I used to uh, label all old military personnel as being uh, dumb and stupid because they followed um, obvious leaders that just wanted to you know they're not liberating anything all they're concerned with is their pockets and you know their power not really liberating people or doing whatever it is and this I mean it's it's globally known as the US attitude, right? But this, this is, goes everywhere, you know? Every other country has done this. Especially in the past, it used to be a lot more blatant. Uh, at least in the past, it used to be, you know, <laughs> out there and said, we're here to conquer. You know, we're here to, to dominate you. We're not gonna fool around. <laughs> we're pretty honest. Uh, now it's a little bit more disguised into, you know, freedom and so much. But I used to be, I used to despise this uh, military uh, approach. Now, this is 1981. Um, we've had a lot of this already, of course, and Don was not unaware of it. But I like that Ra doesn't say, yes, you are right, the military. And now I have, I have changed, of course, my view on all of this because I see that the vast majority of the people in the military are actually good-hearted people. And all they want to do is help. You know, they want to uh, bring yes you know they believe in this and so they're manipulated but I don't think they're doing it and I would say the vast majority of them 
are not doing it because they they really believe in this and they're willingly you know trying to uh, go up the ladder and become conquerors or whatnot especially the military uh, structure it's not made for that but those at the top at the very top of it of course are using this as a body for for their own purposes so I would say that the more we the more the ones on top polarize the less there is possibility for the ones at the bottom to do so maybe for other incarnations who know um, but yeah that's just my view I don't think the vast majority let's look about religious systems you think the guy at the church who is you know uh, at some point part of the the network of the Pope and the Vatican and so on uh, even within the Vatican you think they're all there to manipulate and control and become negatives yeah, chances are not maybe not even the Pope so you know let's give the benefit of the doubt to everybody and know that yeah you know whoever's benefiting from this I mean yeah they, they all could be polarizing negatively at some point um, but I don't know I simply don't know I just know that what Ross said is the, med, the the most important part any organization which demands obedience without question upon the basis of relative power is functioning according to the above described plan which is to empower those on top so how does individual humans partake into this I don't know but the structure is there of course and I guess what I'm trying to say is that I used to point fingers in the past I'm not so clear now as to even if that's even possible we don't know we just know that the structure is there we must we must become aware of the structure not so much of the entities or the people that's my opinion and we do like in this world to point fingers and say uh, you know this guy and this girl and this and that and they're they're doing all of this okay look beyond that look beyond the the facade look beyond that and, and you'll gain more more much not more much knowledge and less fear uh, let's see if I can cover one more is this a long question what is wrong no let's cover one more and yeah we're gonna continue this in the next part but let's see um, what else is wrong don't have question nine Don says one point that I'm not clear on this on let me repeat that one point that I'm not clear on is the understanding and use of the first distortion by fifth and fourth density negative entities in manipulating third density entities I would like to know how the first distortion affects the attempts to carry out the conquest of third density entities and the attempt to add them through or under the premise of the first distortion to their social memory complexes would you expand that please and Ra says this latter plan is not one of which four density negative social memory complexes are capable the fourth density habit is of offering temptations and of energizing pre-existing distortions four density entities lack the subtlety and magical practice which the fifth density experience offers it's actually pretty interesting because Ra is um, for what I can understand, four density is not properly manipulating. Eh, to a degree, they are by offering temptations, but the capacity to control and use free will or distort free will of other um, willing entities 
it's not proper a fourth density but a fifth density right because don is asking about the conquest of third density entities and to add them to the structure under the premise of the first distortion now let me say that don is trying to ask a question here that it's going to take a long time so i'm just going to repeat it next time uh, but he's trying to get into understanding basically how the first distortion plays a part in this because they're being controlled, they're being manipulated. And so we'll get to that in the next uh, part. But just so you know, that's what Don wanted to to learn. But Ra is saying, saying here that, um, and I think this is quite insightful, that four density negative social memory complexes are not capable of doing this. They're only capable of offering temptations and energizing pre-existing con uh, conditions or distortions. What does this mean? If you have certain distortions towards negativity, then they will enhance that. That's their point. It's influencing the negative that is existing in you. Uh, also offering temptation. So if you have, you have not made your mind, you know, and you're there, you just don't know what I want to do. Well, those temptations are going to be there. So power, money, uh, people under your supervision and you becoming more powerful and so on. These are the temptations, it's thoughts, influences in your mind to become more and more powerful. It's very simple, it's not complicated. Uh, and then they say that the four density entities lacked magical practice, subtlety and magical practice that the fifth density experiences uh, and offers, of course. You know what? Because the next question is actually, no, we'll leave it for next time and we'll carry over this attempt of Don wanting to know a lot more about the use of free will. Conclusions. Um, I kind of like talking about the negative path because it it enlightens a little bit more this gameplay of positive and negative influences in your mind now while I know that most of us are not at all at risk or interested or um, uh, I would say I don't want to use the word victim but receivers of of these negative temptations to the degree of wanting to polarize negatively much less um, influenced by fifth density negative entities i would say that however there is there are things in our minds that are are confused that may be mistaken for negative thought patterns and so on. I think this is the struggle of the positive entity that still is confused because of the perceptions of, uh, of its life experience. And so there is this view of the self as being unworthy, less than um, insufficient, incomplete, and these are not negative in the sense of polarization. Uh, this is a suppression of your own 
beauty, of your own love, of who you truly are, of one, the expression, let me put it this way, the expression of oneness is having through you. Okay, it's a doubt, it's a confusion, that's what I would call it. Um, it's all these this doubts that exist in, in our mind, they can be eroded easily by just becoming aware of them. So that would be my suggestion. Um, even if there are temptations, if you may see that there are temptations that you might associate with this, this first part that we talked about, the negative entities, just become aware of them. You know, see see what they mean. You know, what what are they? And that's the whole practice, really. Everything else is, um, it's a non unnecessary complication of this, but a welcome one sometimes for some people. So I won't deter you from going through them. Uh, whatever that may be, affirmations or uh, visualization and calling upon help and so on. All of these things are valuable th uh, things too. So it really is up to you. But the key thing that, that holds everything is the awareness, the knowledge, the knowing of whatever is happening um, without the need to control it or to uh, change it or to want to manipulate it for some reason or another. So that's all I got today. We're gonna continue this conversation in the next part as we talk more about the negative entities and I think eventually we're gonna get into, um, how are we gonna get into the tarot? I'm not sure, we'll see. But with that being said, that's all I have. Thank you for listening and watching as usual. And I have nothing else to say, but I'll see you in part two of session 87.